Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Yes. Now take an aggressive posture in the Spirit and engage your enemy. And you will see very quickly that he is already defeated. No, there's not some drawn-out, long engagement in which you must press in and fight. No, it's a fight that's already won. It's a victory that's already yours. So stand fast in the victory that I've given you in Christ Jesus and declare it, declare it, declare it. Declare it to the heavens. Declare it to the earth. Declare it to the circumstances. Say, I will not be moved. I will not be moved. For I know in whom I believe. And I am persuaded. I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've delivered unto him. And you shall see the glory and the light of God break forth like never before. And you shall receive beyond your expectation. For this is the day and hour in which I am pouring out of my spirit and blessing those that are positioned for the blessing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Well, I think being in a Wednesday night service is positioned positioned for the blessing. Amen. Give the Lord a shout. Oh, give him a mighty shout. Praise God. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Give a praise team a hand. Wasn't that beautiful tonight? Glory to God. All these great youth, they can go back to their class. They have an event. I guess that's this this Friday? This Friday, yeah. Trampoline Park, glory to God. So if you've got a teenager, make sure they're there early, turn in their paperwork, glory to God. Building for His Presence Sunday coming up this May 30th. So be sure and come, be a part of that. That's going to be awesome. Women of the Word. Praise God. They've got a swamp theme. They're going to get the swamp out. Glory to God. Lee and I were talking about all the swampy things that are in people. (laughs) Sometimes they just need to be reflooded with the word. Amen. Uh, Do we need to sign up? Yep. Here at the church, food, games, and fellowship, please sign up so we will know how much food to prepare. And so all the ladies will know I'm cooking gumbo for the ladies. So everybody heard about my... Famous gumbo, we'll see if you still think it's famous after the swamp meeting. Glory to God. Pastor Randy Ayers will be ministering here on Wednesday, June the 9th. Glory to God. A little bit, little bit of country, glory. <laughs> Men of the Word Cast and Blast Outreach, June the 12th. Praise God. Fishing tournament starts at 7.30. We start at 7. We'll have a continental breakfast. It'll be fun. BB guns, shoot, grand prize barbecue, all the good things. Don't forget also... Uh, Wednesdays at 6.30, corporate prayer. Powerful time of prayer tonight. God's stirring something again in our prayer ministry. Saturdays at 6 p.m. if you can possibly make it and be in that Saturday prayer. It, it just We had a great service. Both services were wonderful services on Sunday. And it's always a result of prayer. I believe that we're having to contend for these meetings. But we're going to break through to a place in which things that have visited from time to time will become permanently entrenched and habitating here in Jesus' name. Amen? Praise God. How many givers do we have tonight? Any cheerful, hilarious to do it? Praise God. Thankful for the opportunity. Uh, I've got a scripture for you real quick here in my Passion Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let me find it here. Verse 10, 2 Corinthians 9, for this generous God 
who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant toward you. Now, think about this, how those that have learned the proper techniques of agriculture in certain areas where the soil is really fertile, uh, they, they can raise a lot. Sometimes they can raise what's called a bumper crop. Anybody ever heard of that? That's where you've cut one crop down and then you've got time left in the season to grow another one. You know, I've seen this, uh, this dirt, especially between here and Corpus Christi on the coastal plain, I guess the Brazos River Valley, Colorado River. It's just black as it can be. It is fertile. I mean, it'll grow anything. But you know, God is the one that created that dirt. He's the one that put all of the ability of that dirt to grow what it grows in it. And he says he, he's even more extravagant toward, the, toward those who are farming spiritual dirt. How many, are, how many farming spiritual dirt? That's every one of us. That's a good soil of our heart. Amen. So it says what he does, he's ex even more extravagant toward us. First, he supplies every need plus more. Then he supplies the seed as you sow it. Or excuse me. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it. So that's not natural. That's supernatural. Amen. So that the harvest of your generosity will grow. Now, I love this. You will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion. For when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to thank God. Many thanks to God. The priestly ministry you are providing through your offering not only supplies what is lacking for God's people, it inspires an outpouring of praises and thanksgiving to God himself. For as, you ex for as your extremely generous offering meets the approval of those in Jerusalem, that's where the offering was going to meet a need there, it will cause them to give glory to God, all because of your loyal support and allegiance to the gospel of Christ, as well as your generous-hearted partnership with them toward those in need. Because of this extraordinary grace, which God has lavished on you, they will affectionately remember you in their prayers. Praise God for his astonishing gift, which is far too great for words. Now, this shows you that the offering is a whole lot more than you think it is. You say, what do you mean? It is an initiation to a process in which there is a giving which takes grace. That giving is received, then it is given back out. And as those that need it receive it, the Bible says it initiates worship and praise in their life. So literally God is using offerings to what? To generate worship and praise unto himself because he knows the more people worship and praise him, the more he can inhabit their praises. Amen. You say, well, pastor, I don't think giving has anything to do with it. Well, I've been in stingy churches where God never moved. I'm telling you the truth. I've been in sting, sting, churches that were so stingy that they wouldn't hardly, they wouldn't hardly pay attention, much less give an offering. Amen. And I never saw God really, but I got into churches that, man, when the Spirit of God be really begin to move and the church really begin to get generous, it just, caused, it just caused the meeting to explode. It's amazing how God can do that. You say, why? Because many times to increase into you, in your giving or to sacrifice something, you have to have an adjustment in your heart. And many times God uses giving to work on our character. All the quiet amens. You know what I'm talking about, amen? How many ready to give tonight? Let's hold up our offerings and make a confession of faith. Here we go. Everybody good? Did we pass out envelopes? Did I miss that? We got it. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the seed you placed in my hand. Willingly and obediently, I sow it into the kingdom of God, thanking you, Lord, that it comes back to me 
Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I claim every dime that I may need to meet my needs, and I claim increase, 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 and abundance above that. Devil, in the name of Jesus, get your hands off of my finances. Heavenly Father, I thank you according to your word. Angels are released on my behalf, bringing back to me that which my faith appropriates in Jesus' name. All my bills are paid. All my debts retired. We claim every dime we need to preach the gospel here on the island and around the world. Thank you, Lord, for our building. Now, thank God for the building. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. You can bring your offerings, glory to God, to the altar tonight. Your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 16. I've been made aware of several groups of people around the area that watch us on live stream when we have service. So I want to welcome all of those people to the service tonight. Amen. Why don't we give them a hand clap? Glory to God. We've had several couples visit lately that talked about handing out our podcast and blessing people with the teaching, and we thank God for that because we certainly don't know everything. Amen? Amen. We certainly, but we know a little bit. We're learning as we go, and thank God for the revelation that he continually, continually gives us in the Word of God. Matthew chapter 16, we, we kind of kicked this off a couple of weeks ago. Verse 13, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Now, that's, that's, that's the question. Boy, you get that one right, you're going to be blessed. You get that one wrong, you're going to be in trouble. They said, Some say you're John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Now, you know, they believed back then in reincarnation just like people do today. But you know, reincarnation is not in the Bible. It's not a biblical truth. You're not going to come back as a fly or a flea or a, or a fire-breathing dragon. Amen? Or Elvis. <laughs> no, you're going to open your, close your eyes on this planet, and you're going to open your eyes in one or two locations, and that's everybody around the world. So, you know, well, I don't know. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. You'll see. He said unto them, To whom say ye that I am? Boy, that's the question you've got to answer. Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed, everybody say blessed. Amen. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. But upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys. Everybody say the keys. The keys of the kingdom of heaven, whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth, shall be loosed in heaven. Now, one of the best ways to begin to understand what Jesus is saying here is not to try to make up in, uh, in your imagination uh, what is bound in heaven and what is bound on earth, what is loosed in heaven, what is loosed on earth, but to go to the Word and find out what does the Word say about that. Now, as we begin to study last week, we begin to just... Now, this is not inclusive. There's others, but these are the three that we're going to look at. We're going to look at three different types of keys. The armor of God. Everybody say the armor of God. The gifts of God. Everybody say the gifts of God. 
armor of God, gifts of God, and the weapons of God. But say weapons of God. Now, as we, as we dig into this over the next few weeks, this is, this is going to help you not only understand what these powerful gifts are, what these powerful weapons are, what this powerful armor is, it's going to help you to put it on and to implement it. Because what good does it do hanging on the wall? It doesn't do any good hanging on the wall. But in reality, God has designed the armor of God to not only protect us, but to keep us in an aggressive, offensive posture. You say, what do you mean like, by that? By not always having to back up spiritually and by not always having to, well, how could you say it? Not always having to use our faith to recover ourselves from what we get ourselves into. Amen? Wouldn't you rather just possess the will of God, what God has for your life? Let me just, this is a better way to put it. You don't want to spend your life in recovery. And a lot of Christians do. They spend their life always in recovery, always out in front of God, never following the will of God. But every time they get in trouble, well, you know, that, there's a better way to live. Amen. There's a better way to live than that. Now, if you will, let's do this real quick. Go to, go to 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to look at it here in my... My Passion Bible, 1 Peter, 2 Peter. Everybody say the word. Yes, say the word. Yes, now you'll find out that everything that God has for us, we're fixing to look at that in just a moment, he has deposited in his word. That means in his word we get revelation. Everybody say revelation. revelation. Now revelation is that which is uncovered from the source that which is revealed to you by God. Everybody say revealed. Now revealed does not mean taught, nor does reveal mean trained. Revealed literally means uncovered from what? From the source. You go to the, oh, what would you say? Go to the horse's mouth, whatever that means. Amen. But God visits every individual who is willing to submit to whatever he does to bring you into salvation he visits you with information that you do not get from a preacher, you do not get from a praying grandma, you do not get from a televangelist, you get from God itself. God himself reveals it to you. Now, as according to that which we've read over in Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus said unto Peter, Blessed art thou, that word is empowered, empowered art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, because this phrase you just said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, flesh and blood did not give it to you, but my Father in heaven revealed it to you. Every one of you in here right now that you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, that has happened to you. That has happened to you. I like to say it like this. You've been visited by God. Your spirit man on the inside has been handled by God. And then God left leaving a piece of himself in you. If we could check spiritual DNA, not, not, the, not the, the natural DNA of, of, that all of us have, which all of us would have different DNA. My DNA would be closer to my fathers and my brothers and, and those that are my blood kin. Your DNA would be the same way, but all of us would have different DNA. If you could check your spiritual DNA before the new birth and after the new birth, you would see you have a different DNA. You did have the DNA of the human family, now you have the DNA of God's family. 
in your DNA of the human family was iniquity, which was the motivation to, the, to sin. In your new, new creature status, in your spirit man, you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Isn't that great? The Bible literally says that God seals us with the spirit of redemption and the evil one cannot even touch us. So there's a part of you that Satan cannot touch. That's your spirit man. He said, well, I know people got a lot of spiritual problems. No, they don't. There's only one problem unique to spirituality. You say, what is that? Lack of growth and development. But every other problem can be traced back to the soul, to the mind, to the emotions, to the will, or to the flesh. You say, well, how come, you know, here I am, I know I'm saved, Jesus is my Lord, but I still have all these problems with my flesh and with my, and with my mind. What is the problem, Pastor Rusty? Well, here's the problem. While you were a sinner, your, your spirit on the inside with iniquity was training your soul and your flesh. Your soul and your flesh were trained to sin by your inward man. It began when you begin to wake up intellectually, when you came, what, what many call the age of accountability, which I can be, can be different for, you know, could be three or four for some and eight or nine for others. But whatever it is, you woke up spiritually. Paul explained it like this. He said, I was alive once unto God, but then I died, uh, uh, sin revived and I died. So when you begin to wake up intellectually, sin revives. And you, and you begin to reflect the trait of your human family. The iniquity, the sin, the sickness, the bondage, the oppression, it's all in there. It all came through the fall and it's all been downloaded into the human family. Then one day you got born again. And then all of that which was on the inside, spiritually, the darkness got removed and the light got put in. Amen. But then you got this body that wants to do all this stuff and you got this mind that wants to think all this stuff. But then God said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to invest in my word. I'm going to give you some keys to get the kingdom of heaven because in the kingdom of heaven, if you were to die tonight and go to heaven, when you get to heaven, you find like, you'll find out you ain't got no problems with your thoughts anymore. When you get to heaven, you'll find out you, know, you don't have to take a vaccine. You don't have to wear a mask. You, 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 you uh, dad tells a, uh, uh, Papa tells a beautiful story about a man he led to the Lord that was kind of a difficult uh, man to lead to the Lord that was an old veteran that had lost a leg and, and was just on morphine, been on morphine for years. And dad was witnessing to him and couldn't really get through to him. And then right as dad was fixing to leave, he said something about heaven and said, well, if you die and go to heaven, you'll, get, you'll, you'll be able to walk again. And that broke him right there when he found out he could walk in heaven. And he gave his heart to Jesus, and he's in heaven today. Amen? Well, see, there's something that appeals to the spirit of man, but once an individual becomes born again and figures out, well, I'm going to have to live a few years on this earth in this born-again condition, then God says, I know what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to deposit everything you need in the Word of God. I'm going to give you armor. I'm going to give you gifts. And I'm going to give you weapons. I'm going to give it, and I'm going to package it all in the Word of God. It's all, all the armor you need, all the weapons you need, all the information you get. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to begin to reveal it to you. Now, the preacher may preach it. The teacher may teach it. Uh, the prophet may prophesy. But at the end of the day, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show up in you like I did in the new birth. And I'm going to handle you some more and give you some more revelation. And so as your revelation grows, your faith grows, and you grow up. Amen. 
I mean, I've been studying some things recently that God has just given me revelation on, and I'm like, oh my goodness. And here's the thing that's really unique about revelation. When you get it, once you see or once you know it, then, then you get the revelation of how much you really didn't know before you knew that. And God gets, just gets so much bigger. And you're like, oh my God, this is incredible. And then, oh my God, this is even more. And I really thought I knew something, but now, now in the light of this, I, I didn't know anything. Amen. I like what one old preacher said years ago. He said, the more I learn, the more I see what I never knew in the first place. Amen. So the Word of God, everybody say the Word of God. Now, let me read here. I'm going to read it in the Passion Bible. So hopefully they've had enough time to put that up. I like it. Beginning in verse, verse 3, everything we could ever need. Now, that's, that's pretty inclusive there, isn't it? Everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by His divine power. For all this, okay, I'll say that. You would say this, why don't I feel that? Because it's so much power, it'd kill you if you felt it. So God wants you to have it by faith. That's why you can't take your body to heaven. Did you know that? That's why if you go to heaven before the rapture, we have to dress your body up and put it in a box and preserve it in the ground. You say, why do you have to do that? Because you can't take your body to heaven. Your, your body would melt in the presence of God because of the training of iniquity and sin and death that reigns in the mortal body. But one day by a word from God, Every old negative molecule of your old body, one old preacher used to call it your carcass. <laughs> Amen. It's going to come alive. It's going to come alive and you're going you're to stand up in a glorified body, a body that cannot die, never be sick, it'll never wrinkle. I guess you can have all the hair you want or none. I, I guess I don't know if you get choices. If you get a card you fill out, you know. <laughs> Some people want bigger lips. <laughs> Amen. Just wait till you get to heaven and you'll, they'll look right. <laughs> don't get mad at me. But the point we're trying to make is God has already given us the documentation of that. Things in the past that affected our lives, things in the present that affect our lives today, and things in the future that will affect our lives. That gives us, the Bible says, it gives us the hope that purifies. Whoo, my goodness. I like that. As a result of that, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price so that through the power of these tremendous promises, listen to this, you can experience partnership with the divine nature. Amen? Now, I know we've, we've, we've gone through this pandemic and there was so much being said about infection. And I, I'm all for, you know, uh, standing on the Word of God and then doing what's necessary to, to uh, ward off any infection. But I'm believing God for a tremendous infection to hit Island Church. An infection of the glory of God that is contagious, 
that is infectious, that gets on you so much that whoever you get around, it gets off on them. Amen? Now, the Word of God bears that out. It bears that out. That the glory of God can come upon, I'm telling you, I've seen it happen. That the glory of God can come upon you in such a way. We've literally, for years, in restaurants, different places in which, you know, we many times would go after meetings and things like that and just kind of be sitting in a booth, sitting somewhere with a couple of ministers, a couple of pastors, and talking about the meeting late at night, and people pop up over the other side and say, where have y'all been tonight? Uh, another story about Papa. We were in Ireland, and we were staying in a bed and breakfast. And this couple that was there in the bed and breakfast, they were amazed. They said this. They said, you're the only people that's ever stayed in a bed and breakfast that you go out happy, and you come back happier. He says, everybody that stays in our bed and breakfast, they leave, and they go out, and they're kind of mad when they leave, and they come back drunk and mean. He said, y'all go out happy, and y'all come in happier. What are y'all doing? Well, before the week was out, that whole family got saved. Amen. That whole family got saved. They, they just couldn't take it no more. They saw it night after night after night. And finally they said, you got to take us with you. We got to go get some of what you're good. They got saved and ended up in the church there in Dublin. Yeah. Infectious. Everybody say infectious. Yeah. You just don't want the devil's infection. You want God's infection. Yeah. That'll preach, won't it? Yeah. You can experience partnership with the divine nature. Now listen, this is something I wanted to kind of touch on tonight. By which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of the world. Now there's a lot that's being played out right now that is a result of corrupt desires of men. Corrupt desires. When I say of men, I mean mankind. The governments of the world, the people of the world, people wanting to, uh, to uh, intimidate, manipulate, control, do all kinds of stuff. All of this is being played on a level that's never been played before. Amen? But the, the Bible says for the people of God, there is what? An escape. Amen. King James says that we would escape the, the corruption that is in this world through lust. The greatest, listen... The greatest intoxicant in this world is not some super drug they've made. The greatest intoxicant is power. And it, what we mean by power is power over people. You know, the more people you can have power over that you think you're controlling, that you think you're, uh, uh, that you're creating a narrative that controls the masses of people. Those people, they get drunk with that. Look at the Hitlers and the, and the Mussolinis and even, even some of the, the leaders that weren't, that weren't, weren't as severe of that, of that. But many of them that got involved in that, they murdered millions of people. Look at Joseph Stalin and people like that. Just got, they just ended up just violent and bloodthirsty. Listen, there's not one person in the universe given the right to control the lives of men and women, and that's God. There's not but one, and that's God. Everyone else trying to be God's going to fail. Let me say that again. Everyone else trying to be God's going to fail, and that includes the devil. Amen. Amen? Now notice this. It says, so devote yourself, devote yourself, to lavishly supplementing your faith with goodness. Everybody say goodness. goodness. And to goodness add understanding. And to, to goodness add understanding. To, and to, uh, to understanding the strength of self-control. To self-control add patient endurance. To patient endurance add godliness. To godliness add mercy towards your brothers and sisters. Now let's just explain that. Because let me tell you, church, there's something we need to give each other. 
You say, what is that? Mercy. Amen. You say, well, what does that mean? Mercy means you stop from happening to you or the other person what should happen because of a disagreement, because of an offense, because of something that you got into that kind of made you get sideways with somebody else. You need to forgive and give each other some mercy. You say, now, why do I need to do that? Because if you don't, how are you going to get it if you don't sow it? And I know in my life, if I need anything from God, I need mercy. You say, why? I'm not perfect. I'm far from it. I live, listen, I live over here on this side doing my best to try to run from imperfection. And the faster I run, it seems like the closer I get to it. Oh, you guys are just so, y'all are so sweet. <laughs> Amen? I mean, it seems like the more you try to do, the harder it gets to do. Well, the thing is, God gives what? He gives mercy. He gives grace. But we've got to be the same way. We've got to give people mercy, and we've got to have some grace about us. You say, now, what is grace? How do we have grace one toward another? We do things for one another that we just wouldn't routinely do. Amen? That can cover almost any part of your life and your church experience. You say, what do you mean by that? That could be something as simple. Instead of just listening to the news report as you come to church, you worship God and pray in the Holy Ghost because when you walk in, you want to already be tuned up. Did you know you're really not doing that for yourself? You're doing that for the people you're coming to worship with? Amen? Other things you could do, especially if you work in the ministry. Yeah, listen, all, everything we do in the church, no matter what it is, you have to do it as unto the Lord. You don't do it for a pat on the back from somebody else or a, or a high five or anything like that. You do it as unto the Lord. You do it like this. God's watching me and I'm doing it as unto him. And everything I do in serving God, especially in the church setting, I'm going to do it as unto him because of his goodness toward me. I'm not looking for a well done, thy good and faithful servant from the pastor. I'm looking for that from Jesus. Better be careful. Some of these things you go from preaching to meddling. More mercy towards your brothers and sisters and mercy toward others and unending love. Everybody say keys to the kingdom. Oh my goodness, how did it get so late? I'll close with this. We'll pick this back up next Wednesday. We can get into a conversation or a debate about what we need as a church, what we need as a people, what we need as the family of God. Pastor, we really need the gifts of the Holy Ghost to really operate on a level that never had before. I agree with that. Pastor, we really need a discernment and wisdom. You know, how to fi handle finances, how to, how, to, how to weather pandemics and epidemics, how to do all that. Uh, I agree with that. But what we really need more than anything else to really come online in a strength that it never has before, which means we're willing to go to a place we've never gone before, is our love. First of all, our love toward God. Because when we learn to love God because he first loved us, that is literally the beginning love walk that you need to enter into all of the other dimensions of love that you need to walk in. You first 
love God. And when you begin to love God, He begins to give you revelation in the Word and you begin to see yourself how God sees you. And when you do, you see how very, very valuable you are to God. You're more valuable to God than you are to your wife or your husband. Children, more valuable, you're more valuable to God. God looks at you like His very only child. See, now, we, don't, we can't, now that concept is hard to grip with our minds. How can God have millions of children, both in heaven and on earth, and how can he look down at me and love me like I'm the only one? Because he ain't you, he's God. Simple answer. Simple answer. He's God, he can do it. He says it in the Word. He says, I've engraven you in my hand. That word engraven in the Hebrew means tattooed. He says, I got a tattoo of your name in the middle of my hand. So don't go out and get a tattoo, amen? <laughs> we learn to love God. Then when we see God reflect that love back to us, you know what happens when we begin to see how valuable we are, how much God needs? We start, we start loving ourselves. You say, no, wait, is that selfish love? No, that's not selfish love. That's the agape love where we value ourselves as God values us because God says we're going to have to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And many of us, that's our problem. We love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Amen. No, I really don't like myself. Your neighbor can probably testify to that. <laughs> well, I just, I'm, I've been mad at myself since I was young. You've got to get over that. You've got to learn to love yourself. And that's not some selfish, you know, everything for me, I'm number one. No, that just means you're accepting of who you are. You know that God loves you. You know that you're redeemed by the blood of Jesus, that Jesus was God's love gift towards you. You see how valued you are by the Creator and the Heavenly Father. And next thing you know, you go, well, you know, I'm not so bad. You start loving yourself because if you don't love yourself, you won't take care of yourself. And there's people that hurt themselves in many ways. You can dig your grave with a spoon or you can sit in front of a computer or a television set or a movie screen and harm yourself. There's all kinds of negative things you can do. But when you begin to love yourself, you begin to look out a little bit after yourself. Amen. Now, if you can love God and love yourself, now you can love your neighbor. And actually what it means by neighbor is talking about your brothers and sisters in the body of Christ because in reality, the, the, the number one thing that causes people to leave churches across the board, every kind of church, is they get hurt in church. Where they should be loved, they end up hurt. Amen? Now, don't get me wrong. The devil loves to get into the middle of that. He loves to get into the middle of that, especially with people who are selfish and especially with people who have what I call, you know, the Bible says to not think of ourselves more highly than, than we ought, but to think soberly. That means you don't get under the influence of yourself. But many times when people either have an agenda or they really think there's somebody or they really think there's something, you say, well, what do you mean by that? Shouldn't we think that we're new creatures in Christ? Yes, we receive everything that God says about us. But when we begin to say things from us about us, that's where selfishness starts. I've been in churches all over the, all over the world and I've heard different attitudes in different churches. And there are things you've never heard us say around here. You say things like what? We've never said we're the best at anything. We've never said we're the biggest. Of it. I guess the, the biggest bragging point we've always had was we're the biggest little church in the world. Yeah. 
You can't pull a lot of pride out of that. <laughs> Amen. But I've heard people say, we're the only one. We got it. Nobody else does. I'm telling you, we, we, we got it. We're the only one that got it. And nobody else going to get it but us. I thought to myself, you ain't got nothing. You don't have anything. You've got to realize, God sent his son Jesus as an act of his love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed on him should not perish but have everlasting life. That should be so weighty in us that we cannot help but love one another. And the Bible says this, they're not going to know us by signs, wonders, miracles, huge buildings, great meetings. It says they're going to know us by the love we have one for another. That's when the world walks into the church and experiences the love of God. Amen? Amen? So with all this that's going on in the world and all the power that needs to be released, I've said this for years, I can prove it by the Word and I can prove it by my own life. Anytime God is fixing to respond to the faith of a church or the faith of an individual to do something or to be something that they've never been, He will afford those individuals or that church an opportunity to walk in love. You say why? Faith worketh by love. Amen? Amen? Lift your hands and thank God. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you that you've given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. One of the keys to the kingdom, revelation from your word, is to know that all the armor, all the weapons, and all the giftings in the Word of God belong unto us as the church. We thank you for that, Father. Let us develop, let us grow, let us mature into the fullness of whatever these keys, however these keys work and whatever they are. Let us mature into them in Jesus' name. Lord, as we leave tonight, we're so thankful for, for protection, for safety, for blessing. Thank you, Lord. Psalms 91 is real. It is truth. It is your word. It is forever settled in heaven. Therefore, we declare over every person that names the name of the Lord Jesus here at Island Church. We declare no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. We declare in our travels on the highways, seaways, airways, or railways, and in the righteous labor of our hands, we declare your divine protection. No trauma, no terror. Lord, the, we see the enemy even today. A wicked, wicked manifestation of the demonic. They're in San Jose, California. We lift up those families. We lift up the community that has been traumatized. And Father, we pray that labors would be sent into that area to bring healing and restoration. We declare we're not subject to trouble. trouble trauma, terror evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. And we stand against that which is in the realm of the physical, the pandemics, the epidemics, the infections, the bacterial, the viral, whatever it may be, we declare Jesus Christ is just as much as our healer as he is our Savior. Thank you for it, Father. Lord, let us be aware that every day there are people all around us full of fear, confused, questions they cannot answer. Thank you, Father, you've set us into a rich harvest field that we'll be an answer to their prayers, a problem to the enemy in their life.
Thank you, Father. We'll be a miracle for them. Lord, as we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you and love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you.